them up, drink them down, whiskey and cigars all around. Cheers, y'all. The world famous. It is world famous. famous. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to Hi, it. It it seemed a little weird doing the well well in such a cultured and uh, awesome uh, environment as this. It almost it almost seems more like a a little uh, more reserved here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, but, but you can't not do the well well. That gets the party started. Well, like, when right. you do that, like that right there, just sets the mood. It makes you want to have something to drink and yes, maybe something yes. to smoke. I have a doesn't it? sleep. Pavlovian uh, response to that. <laughs> well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We are Smoking and Toasting, the show that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Going to be heavy on the hand-rolled cigars today, and we'll get to that in one moment. Show number 173. We're halfway to 200. We're halfway to 200. And Ian, I actually plotted it out on my calendar. There's going to be a couple of weeks, by the way, including next week, where we're not doing a show. Right. Uh, and then I think there's one more over the summer where we won't have a show. Uh, but if we take away those two, and I have, because I'm, I got straight C's in math in school. Right, right. So I was able to go on the calendar and plot it out for the first time. And if my calculations are correct, smoking and toasting number 200 will take place on August 27th. Oh, that should be fun. Yeah, so you can put that on your calendar. Obviously, that is subject to change should anything happen that adjusts it slightly. But we will be be celebrating our 200th show, and uh, you guys will be invited because... We'll do the we'll do something similar to what we did for show 100, which is we invite everyone who's ever been a guest on the show, and we'll let you know where it is. Right. And there's a lot of people, and there's a lot to smoke and a lot to drink, and uh, it's going to be uh, yeah, that, it's going to be a bit of not a party, everyone's so. always in town, but we had right. a bunch of people. And yeah. uh, I hate it when people use the term epic over much, but th- it was pretty it epic. It was pretty epic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's the only show we've ever done that's gone longer than, than four hours. <laughs> so, and you can yeah. go back and watch it on YouTube. If you want to see how ridiculous it is, start off with like the first 15 minutes of it. Right. Yeah. And then look at the last 15 minutes where we're all slobbering drunk. <laughs> all right. it's, it's, it, it was pretty epic. Uh, like, like several events, but by the way, including... Uh, the Whiskey Social, which is this weekend. Yeah, we wanna, super we excited plug about that. that. Like several events, we encourage Uber for the yes, 200th yes. show. So, yes, yes right. absolutely. All right, so this is show number 173. I uh, want to remind you that we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. BB Italia in, uh, on Memorial in Houston, and BB Lemon on Washington Ave, as well as the Annie Cafe and Bar, and more to come. So uh, today, however, we are live at, and I'm going to probably mess this up because it, it's, it's a little complex, the Downing Street Social Club, which is a part of Five Central on Virginia Street in Houston. Did I get that right? You got it okay, right. all right, right cool. nice. Because it, it's, it's, uh, it's a little confusing, partially because of the name Downing Street used to belong to a legendary cigar bar yes. here in Just Houston. Just cat a corner from here, actually. Yeah, yeah. not far from where this right. is located. Uh, that's a whole other story, but it doesn't exist anymore. And so this, I can see they have uh, they have taken on the name with the intent of uh, trying to trying to. They have 
they have resurrected some yes. of the uh, some of the feel from the original Downing Street as yes, well. Absolutely, at, uh, and this place is just nice. Like it's got it's a great vibe when you yeah. walk in. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. Uh, it's uh, it's got just a, a very friendly, but also a very chill. Yes, and and uh, maybe even a little reserved, which is why I was worried about the well. Well. Oh, you be you, baby. Okay. <laughs> you, you be you. you I appreciate it. Our guests on the show today, uh, Darnell Street from Emperor's Cut Cigars. Yes, Welcome, sir. Darnell. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to have you. And then, Temi, uh, what's your last name? Bush. All right. And so we'll get into Emperor's Cut uh, in just a few moments. Talk about the cigars. We're going to be smoking the cigars. And uh, and I'm you know I'm looking forward to this. I will say I've already had one of these, and I'm I have not. This, uh, is, this is brand new to me. You are in for a treat, my friend. All right, you are in for a treat. So uh, also on the show, uh, so much great stuff to talk about today. There is finally big good news in the cigar legal fight. I, I don't even know what that means anymore. Be, good news and legal. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. How could that <laughs> like possibly be? <laughs> what, what's yeah. going on here? How could that possibly down be? Down is up yeah. and up yeah. is down. Uh, uh, <laughs> and and Trump was impeached and acquitted. So it's like, you know, how, how can you, uh, you know, and we don't really do politics on this show, but it just cracks me up because <laughs> I could, I, I know which house is controlled by which parties. I could have told them that's exactly how it was going to go down months and millions of dollars ago. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. All right. So so we'll share that news with you, and it's really good and really exciting. Plus, we'll do our usual tastings. In addition to uh, uh, Emperor's Cut Cigars, uh, we will also be tasting from Missouri City, Texas, a brewery called um, um, Texas Leaguer Brewing Company. Uh, You know, I have a sister that lives in Missouri City, and I drove past that. Did you? Yes. Yeah, I I haven't been there. And was surprised, because I was like, is that what I thought it was? So all of their cans, we'll show you the can when we get to the tasting, are kind of baseball-themed. And I know it's it's not baseball season, but here in Houston, uh, we've had so much bad Astros news for the past several months. Um, I was really excited that we hired Dusty Baker as the manager, the new manager for the Astros. That guy's good. He's really good. So it's the best new Astros news. So in honor of that, we'll be doing a uh, baseball-themed beverage today. Hold on a second. Wasn't there another one that was uh, also in – because Missouri City is in Fort Bend County. Right. And wasn't there also – Another uh, brewery out in that area that I, is no longer there, but they also had a sports theme, didn't they? Was, I'm not sure. A few years back, I'm not but sure. they were all centered around a sports theme. I, I'll have to all look right, it you, up. We'll, yeah. we'll look it up and find that out. Just curious. Uh, from Texas League of Brewing, we'll be trying their Knucklebock. Uh, everything is, like I said, baseball themed, uh, and right. it's a German-style dark lager, so we'll be looking forward to, uh, to checking that out. That sounds good to me. From Minneapolis, Minnesota, and the Fair State Brewing Company, we'll be trying... An IPA that's named Partying Past Burning Bridges. Okay. There's uh, got to be a story behind that. Be. There must be. There must be. And it's a dip hop IPA. And I'm not even sure what that means. So we'll have to do some investigating. Interesting. Uh, and then finally, we've got uh, Sierra Nevada's 2020 Bigfoot. That's their barley okay. wine style yeah. Uh, yeah. ale that they release each year. We've got their 2020. And so that is excited. And then... Um, on the spirit front, we'll be tasting an Optimus, which is not related to the Transformers in any way. Not Optimus uh, Prime. Not, not Optimus yeah. Prime. Uh, opt- an Optimus 
25-year-old Oliver Rum. So sounds, sounds like a child yeah, trying to say yeah. Optimus Prime. So, so we're, looking, we're looking forward to, uh, to all of that on the show today. And, of course, we're looking uh, forward to finding out more about Emperor's Cut Cigars. Now, Darnell, I, I, I want to just say this before we even get into it. I feel like what we're looking at here is an incredibly brave man. Thank you. You're so observant. Getting into the cigar business, that's not an easy thing to do. And particularly if you're, you know, based in the U.S. Right. Uh, because, you know, the tobacco, uh, all of the things that have to be done in terms of, you know, uh, acquiring the tobacco, the blending, all of that. Right. It's got to take you out of the country. Then you got to come back here, put your, right. you know, put your, uh, put your whole thing together. What in the world made you think, I'm going to start a cigar company in Houston, Texas. Besides coming on smoking and toasting. Uh, see? <laughs> and I, I'm a visionary. I knew this day would come. Well, that's good. So I good. said, that's I need good. a cigar in order to get invited mm-hmm. on the show. But a little bit more seriously, uh, our story is a bit complex, but kind of simple. We, uh, I have uh, six partners, and one of my partners is here today, Timmy Bush. Uh, we came together just as a group of uh, ladies and men, and we said, hey, let's start a cigar company. But prior to that, several of us golfed together, uh, Greg, Maurice, and Daryl, and um, uh, Robert. We golfed together, and every day we said, I can do a cigar better than the one I'm smoking. I like half of this, a quarter of this, a piece of this. And this conversation went on for about 10 years. Uh, I used to work in oil and gas, so I got laid off a couple times. And so every time I got laid off, I would fly out of the country and go work on our blends. And then oil and gas would call me back <laughs> right when I needed the money. Right. And then I'd make some more money like and I'd get did. laid off. And I'd go off and work on my blends again. And my partners, I, I shared the vision with them. And then they agreed. Uh, we invested and spent uh, a little over a year working on the FDA process to come up and formalize a company and then bring our baby to market, which is Empress Cut Natural Pleasure, is what we'll smoke today. So it took a year to get through uh, the uh, FDA process. Is yes. that is that streamlined, or is that is that taking your time with it? Uh, that streamline and so a, it can a take tight longer. It can take a hell of a lot longer. <laughs> wow. If yeah. you that's fast tracking, yes. wow! Yeah. If you had a, a, a Back to the Future machine, <laughs> we probably need nine times more money than what we did. And then some of the issues that are facing right now uh, oh, might yeah. sh- may shy us away. Yeah, it's oh, wow. it's getting much more difficult in terms of introducing new products, right. and and so that's why there's so many of uh, what did what did they call them uh, the the phantom uh, uh, phantom phantom brands right right yeah, yeah. the phantom brands because so yeah. many uh, cigar companies released just a small amount of something just in order to get it. Just on the approval a new name, document right. before the uh, right. before the law went into place, exactly. and it may have only shipped to you know we were over at Stogie's uh-huh. and uh, Jorge was telling us yeah, about several them, brands yeah. that he had there right. that like you know this we only got like four boxes of this we may never you know right we may not get it again or when we do it may be a completely different cigar exactly because yeah, they, and, they may change the blend and being know? a brand new company you don't have the luxury of, of of being able to pull that off even huh no because we don't we don't have that type of money i mean you literally if you bring something <laughs> to market today you may be looking at somewhere fifty thousand to five hundred thousand dollars to go through the full process uh the deeming process is 413 pages i believe and every time i call the fda i lose about six months of my life oh, sure. because I leave with more questions than I than the ones I brought. 
And so uh, it's, it's very difficult. And we've been pretty fortunate because we have a, one of our partners is an attorney. So we keep a host of attorneys on staff to help us out. And we struggle. And we try to work with other industry uh, players that have been very good in sharing some of their experiences trying to go through this uh, FDA deeming process. Well, I've noticed from, uh, from us getting to know a lot of the industry uh, folks in, in, in cigar and in spirits and in uh, beer and everything like that, these are uh, these are uh, very very supportive people. Like yes, like it's it, there's a little co competitiveness, but there's a lot of friendliness as well, and everyone wants to see everyone else succeed. It's a really cool thing. Absolutely, we were just in Nicaragua two weeks ago, and everybody was very supportive. I mean, we met a lot of the larger industry companies, and this was a proud moment for me and my team. We met industry greats that said, "We've seen your cigar." Keep up the good work. Nice. Here's my card if you need anything. Wow, that's, that's so cool. awesome. It yeah. is that awesome. It really is cool. It is awesome. Yeah. But that's very indicative of the uh, of the of the whole uh, social side of being in this uh, society, I guess. Yes. Of, of cigars. Well, you know, the culture. It, if, you, if you think about it, it is an industry where if one brand or company does well, it does help the others. Right. And we are all kind of in this together. We are against the forces of evil aka yes. the fda and, <laughs> yes. and, and the people who who and, and you know look i think the fda is well-intentioned i really do right. i think right. what they're trying to do is not necessarily a bad thing they just don't know what they're doing i mean it, it's it's as it's as simple as that we've talked so many times about you know the whole being concerned over you know young kids underage kids smoking premium cigars it doesn't happen yeah, it does you know it doesn't yeah. happen and and so all of the restrictions that seem to be coming down the pike to to curtail that are unnecessary right because it's not happening right. and so well, we'll get to that like i said there's you know and i'll go ahead and share this now because there is actual good news in the cigar industry yes, sir. this week uh with relation to uh legality uh, judge, yeah, right on me. I have no a idea. judge in Washington, D.C. has struck down the ginormous warning label portion of the uh, of the restrictions that have come down. Remember, so, so the this boxes is don't have to already. be completely covered with warning labels. Exactly. Correct. Exactly. That's this, a good thing. This legislation or this uh, these restrictions have actually passed already. Yes. They've not been enforced. Correct. Uh, so far as the FDA is trying to kind of wade through the mess and figure it out. But one of the uh, one of the restrictions, if it had been enforced, would have said that this box of cigars right here with this beautiful, beautiful gold, uh, you know, inlay uh, uh, stamp on, on the front of it. One third of this would have to be covered Come by on. a white label with plain black letters on it that had some kind of a warning about right. the dangers of of smoking as if we don't already see the small the, the, the smaller labels that are, right. that are already on there and it's right. just i don't know it just and if you think yeah, about it does, even in individual how, cigars we're going to have to have how does making cover. the label that much bigger help in <laughs> any way shape or form it's not like you don't see it right you know it's not like it's not there it's not like it's not labeled all over every single place you go buy a cigar you know, it's not like it's not hung up in the bathroom in every establishment. Right. I mean, it's exactly. literally everywhere. And smoking is hazardous to your health. Right. So 
if that's true, then putting a giant label on here is going to do what for the industry? Yeah. It's oh, only going to make things I was going to buy that box of cigars, but look at this ugly label on it. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I may have told the story before on the show, but in the early 90s, I moved uh, to Los Angeles. And around that time, um, one of the changes in the warning labels for cigarettes had passed. And there was some, you know, uh, it might have been the size of the warning label or where it had to be or uh, what the language had to be. I don't remember. But in response to that, a company on the West Coast started marketing a pack of cigarettes with a black colored package with a skull and crossbones. And it was something death cigarettes overnight. They were the hottest brand of cigarettes (laughs) in Los Angeles overnight. Right. Overnight. So I often wonder if the uh, warning labels may have an opposite well, effect from right. what they're do you intended. Remember, do you remember in the, um, in the 80s, uh, uh, D. Snyder going up against... Um, oh, the P- PRMC, PMRC? P- PMRC about the warning labels on, uh, mm-hmm. on records, you know, mm-hmm. for foul language, and you can't sell it to kids and stuff right. like that. And he goes... Thank you, guys. You yeah. couldn't have done anything right. to sell more records faster. <laughs> right. right. Like, right. literally yeah. sell more records faster than putting that label on there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was at a record store recently, uh, and I know that's a surprising thing because there aren't many of them left. And I found what I believe may be a, a, a unicorn, a really rare item. It was a hip-hop album without... An explicit lyrics sticker. <laughs> Does on the that front. exist? I, I didn't think it did, but apparently then it was Will Smith. I almost bought it. <laughs> he's, all he's clean. Like the only one. Yeah. <laughs> all the <clean>. only one. <laughs> yeah. And and even now they were a little worried about getting jiggy with it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, so. No street credits. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's what that's what the that's what the uh, warning label <laughs> should have said. No street, street credits. credits. <laughs> warning. No street credits. Uh, well, uh, it's uh, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show. We want to find out more about uh, the cigars. Uh, and actually, what we really want to do is uh, light one up because yes. my friend here hasn't had a chance to try one I yet. I've never so, seen um, or tried. So let's, uh, let's do that. We're going to take a quick break. Go, uh, go ahead. Let's, uh, let's break out the cigars. We'll take a quick break. We'll light up, and, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about what we're smoking. And when we come back, we'll also... Do a little bit of tasting. The uh, Texas League of Brewing Company, Knucklebock, when we return. It's smoking and toasting. We're live at the Downing Street Social Club, and we are live with the fine folks uh, from Emperor's Cut Cigars, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. It is show number 173. Uh, we are live with Emperor's Cut Cigars at Downing Street, the Downing Street Social Club, which is part of 5 Central on Virginia Street in Houston. I don't think I g- gave the actual address. Those of you who are in Houston want to check this out. Yeah, it's about a it's, block off of Kirby and Westheimer. Yeah, about, uh, about a block off. If you know where Chewy's is, you're close. If you live in uh, Houston, you know yeah. where Chewy's is. Yeah. 2736 Virginia Street in, uh, in Houston. Uh, and we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Not only are the steaks amazing, but bacon. Oh, man. Have you guys ever had the bacon over there? B&B? At, at B&B Butchers? I haven't. Oh, it's, man. 
amazing. Put this on your social on my calendar. List. It's so you good. It'll make got you take to... back stuff you didn't even steal. Wow. Like it's, it's unbelievable. I love bacon. <laughs> it's, uh, and this is, I thought I knew what bacon was. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Until I went experience. there. It's, oh, exactly. B&B Butchers mm-hmm. and Restaurant. It's at 1814 Washington Ave over. Uh, okay. Uh, and, and, man, I got to tell you. it's well, well, I mean, it's a great steakhouse. I've heard. And they have an incredibly well-curated bar. Uh, but the bacon is to die for. It is, it is just amazing. So we are uh, live at uh, Downing Street Social Club. Uh, Darnell and Timmy are here. And let me ask you this, Timmy. When Was he the guy that came up with this idea in the first place? Oh, he's the, yeah, he, he, he's he's the, the architect, right? He's, he's so, the impetus. So, yes, when, the so impetus. when he came to you and the other partners and said, all right, guys, let's launch a cigar company. How did, I mean... Honestly, if somebody came and said that to me, I'd be like, <laughs> "Yeah, right." Uh, what, did you did you react that way, or did you uh, did you realize he was serious? Actually, he was serious. So by the yeah. time Darnell came to me, the guys were together, mm-hmm. and he came to me because they were missing a component. And I've grew up in Panama, so I actually enjoyed cigars for decades, right? And knew a fine cigar when I came across it. Uh, Darnell gave me a sample of Emperor's Cut and said he was serious about increasing the partnership and looking for the peop- types of people that he needed. And I love this cigar, and it was it was history after that. That's so, awesome. Yep, That's invested awesome. and became a partner. So I just uh, lit this. I just mm-hmm. I want to talk about it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't. I've never tried one of these. Uh, it's got a really nice, classy label on it. Mm-hmm. I'll pull that up to the uh, camera in a few minutes here. But uh, the uh, pre-light, uh, the pre-light on this, the smell of it was very earthy and barnyard with a little hint of chocolate and coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The initial light on this mm-hmm. might be one of the friendliest initial lights I've ever experienced. Like that's that's, nice. that's quite a claim. That's nice. It really is. That's like, nice. Talking, my friend. Like, yes, you're right. that's nice. But you're right because there are a lot of cigars, even great the, cigars that I love. Yes, absolutely. The initial light is usually like a big blast of pepper or a big strong uh, flavor that's not even necessarily indicative of the cigar. Right. The initial light on this was incredibly friendly. Right. And wasn't a huge blast of anything. It just immediately tasted like cigar. Now we've yes. all we've all just lit up, so nobody's smoked very far down yet. But I will tell you the other thing about this that's that's friendly is the room note. Um, it's one of those cigars that, at least based on what we've got going here so far, I can tell you may not get the same level of uh, irritation from other people in the room exactly. if you happen to be uh, right. smoking inside who aren't cigars. You know, there's there's only two responses. From people who don't smoke cigars when you're smoking oh, in yeah. the same room as them. One is, ooh, I hate cigars. And the other is, what is that? That smells yes. nice. Exactly. You know? right. it's, it's one or the other, you know? Yeah, you're right. Uh, and I, I think you would get maybe more of the latter with this than with some, uh, again, and some cigars that I dearly love, but that may, uh, may not have quite as friendly a room note. Would you agree? I would agree. I would agree. This uh, the initial light on this has just a just a touch of pepper. It has a lot of coffee. It also has a little bit of a like a poppy seed 
or, or an almost a nuttiness to it that I'm picking up right off the bat. You're good. The poppy nice. seed thing. Yeah. You, you nailed yeah, that. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're yeah. actually really good at this. Mm-hmm. You should I do practice. A, you should do a show. I practice <laughs> almost every day. <laughs> you should Home do a your show. craft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's an important thing to, uh, to practice. So, Darnell, you, you had the idea to do this. You used your, uh, layoffs from the oil and gas industry to, uh, to do, and by the way, nothing wrong with that. I can tell right. you, just personally, I mean, I was fired by Clear Channel three times. Right. I've always said, you know, I'm not the smartest guy, but I do learn eventually. Right. And uh, <laughs> after the third time is when right. I thought, you know, maybe I should do something else. And, right. you know, went, went in a, a little bit different direction. But uh, but I, I can tell you that, I can tell that you obviously spent some time uh, getting getting this blend the way that you wanted it. Tell right. us a little bit about that process. Well, what we did, we spent probably, with, without my partners, I probably spent about six or seven months, you know, trying to find the right mix of tobaccos the and, right way. And if you don't mind me asking, like, how do you do that? Like, like if I wanted to create a cigar tomorrow, what do I just start calling people in Nicaragua and, and the Dominican Republic? That's what like, we did. That's yeah. that's what you did. That's what we did. We called people in Miami. We called people in Nicaragua. <laughs> Uh, I was fortunate in my early days, I had a global job, so I worked around the world. So it allowed me the opportunity to meet people in Brazil, in the Middle East, in Europe, and I started calling people. And the network of friends I had, slowly but surely, I had to get to one or two people. But then, more directly, I started calling to some of the major cigar companies in Florida and say, you know, I'm looking for somebody to produce my cigar Mm -hmm. for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. I have a recipe. And I need you to help me put it together. I started going through cigar aficionados, and whenever I would see a master blender, I write his name down, go on the internet, and I call him. And quite naturally, you know, he didn't call me back. <laughs> I have plenty of stories of. Yeah, don't I've been call, calling AJ. Do I've been calling AJ Fernandez for better part of two years. He still has. He is well, good. I don't feel so bad. Then. I don't feel so bad. But that's what we did. We literally took a grassroots process. I needed, uh, I got my partners to come on board to help me out, and they started taking on various pieces of it. And we literally just blended, uh, we tried different formulas. We chewed tobacco, we worked, we, you name it, we did it. We smoked other cigars and says, half of this is what I want. Mm-hmm. And this first third, and this cigar over here, the second third is what I want. And we literally went in and worked with people, they tore the tobacco open, and we reverse engineered our cigar. Wow. That's the first time I've ever heard me, anyone use the word reverse engineer in reference to a cigar. But that makes sense. But that was so, the process. That makes I mean, total sense. So here's, our, supply it, chain. Our, yeah. here's how we think. We, uh, you guys picked up almost a, lo- a lot of the notes that are in the mm-hmm. cigar. What drove me to really put the cigar together is I'm not a real heavy pepper woodsy guy. I'm looking for balance like baking a cake. This has a little, uh, it's starting to pick up little ever so slight notes of like a... a Anise or black licorice mm-hmm. in there, Coffee. just a tiny, tiny little bit. Yes. But it's not—it's not a lot because that's—that's that's a flavor that I only like in it's, little it's moderation. Just, I like—I'm I'm sitting here trying to parse out all the flavors, and it's developing right now. And that's one that goes past my nose. There's a little bit of campfire uh, kind of vibe to it that I really like too, and the earthiness just stays right there with it. And, and it's got a dry finish, almost like a wine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, yep. like on it. Yep. That's, Sorry, go ahead. That's a, you know, I, I'm telling you guys, it's like you're in our lab. We based it on <laughs> baking a cake, yep. 
mm-hmm. like wine, mm-hmm. like how you uh, serve wine and how you think of wine when you're tasting wine. We use similar testing processes for the cigar to say, let's do something different. We, we have a motto in our company, let's weave outside the line. We're not going to do what everybody else mm-hmm. is doing. And so that's what we decided to do. We wanted to create a really medium body cigar that was smooth, not too harsh on the front end, but then something that had some complexity. Uh, my other partner, Greg, and I, we smoke a lot of cigars. We got a guy out of Mexico that blended these cigars. He's like, he makes a couple hundred cigars a year. You never know when you're going to hear from him. You get a text, he says, I'm available. Do you want cigars? Yes, we send our money, and we pray that we get our cigars. But they are the most amazing cigars to this day, and they keep you guessing from the first third to the second third mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. the end. And, you know, you know what's a good cigar when you're looking at your buddy and you go, why did I give him two of those? <laughs> I want one back. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a feeling uh, that I've had uh, several times. You regret, uh, yeah. When you regret your own uh, generosity. Yeah. Um, so uh, what I think is uh, really remarkable about this, and I, I remember this because you gave me one of these when yes, we sir. met yeah. at that uh, mm-hmm. at that Glenfiddich event, uh, and it I I had it in the humidor for a while, and when yeah. I finally pulled it out to that smoke really it, good. what one of the things I was struck by was that uh, you know a lot of people that are like hardcore cigar people really like the full and medium to full, and one of the reasons for that is those cigars have a tendency to often be the ones that are the most complex. Right. When you go with a lighter cigar or something that's right in the middle, right in the medium area, right. mm-hmm. what has a tendency to happen uh, a lot is that they'll be good, but it's more of a one-note kind of smoking experience. Right. What I liked about this was at, at a you know, medium-bodied uh, level, Definitely not a medium full. Def- definitely, I would say medium. Right. Um, I was getting uh, the kind of complexity. And like you said, the first third, the second third, the flavors changing a bit as it smoked. That to me is, that's what I really look forward to in the experience of smoking a cigar. Right. And that's what really impressed me in my first time. And I'm actually getting it a li- even more sitting indoors here, you mm-hmm. know, and, yeah. and in a, a, a time where we can, you know, smoke these maybe a little a little more laid back than maybe whatever I was doing at the time that I that I right. smoked the first one but oh. but congratulations I guess is what I'm trying to say Thank you. on the complexity at a medium body because that's not necessarily an easy thing to get to it's changing a lot oddly I'm about an inch into this and um and I'm starting to pick up like coffee and even uh the nuttiness yes. the, mm-hmm. the seed and nuttiness is yes. kind of turning almost into a peanut butter mm-hmm. uh kind of flavor going on mm-hmm. it's this is it's really interesting to try this yeah. cigar well if yeah, you ever see us sitting around tasting the leaves i mean sometimes we actually chew the leaves like we're we're you chewing you literally yeah, tasting you don't you don't want to see yeah. us after we finish chewing yeah. the tobacco leaves but we're, because we're trying to to get to just what we need right and and there are a lot of times when it's just like like you say baking a cake and and when we reference that we're really 
in there, just like we're baking a cake, looking at the spices and what we're going to put in. <laughs> well, that's that's a brave way different to different leaves. That's a brave way to do it because you know uh, I'm a fan of spices, but there's a lot of spices I don't want to try just exactly. on my own. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. We, we don't. Want but to you guys proved even. that was worth the effort because yes, it was. we get in these areas. We we have some great palates on our team. I actually don't have the best palate, so I rely on the team. And they're picking up these various notes. And then we literally sit in there with the blender and saying, you know, we need a little bit more Lajero, you know, put in here. Because it's not quite hitting where we want as it transition to the second, third. The magic number for us is one inch in. And then some happiness should start to happen. And if it doesn't, we're not happy. We reject a lot of cigars. Because you guys proved to us that... That complexity is something that you look forward to. Yeah, oh yeah. And we try to keep that as part of our signature. I think that what's interesting is, you know, we're talking a lot about the complexity and all of the changes and stuff. At the same time, it's a very approachable cigar yes. for somebody that maybe is not an experienced uh, smoker. It's not one that you that's going to overwhelm you uh, right. with, you know, with, with power, power, yeah. or 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 even complexity. Sometimes, sometimes people don't. You know, less experienced smokers don't really right. know what they're looking for. They just want a kind of a pleasant experience, right. and this yes. this does a nice job of delivering that uh, as well. So, right um, now, I read uh, a couple articles about you guys when I was uh, when we were getting ready to do the show. Yes, it's beer time. So, uh, absolutely, there we go. Um, so, I, I read uh, one of the articles I read uh, seemed to indicate that. And again, it might have just been the person that wrote the article that it, that the cigar was designed for or to target um, the African American community. Uh, is that true? Was that was that a part of your thinking, or does it just so happen that Thank you. you know that it's popular in the African American? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, we have one customer, and that is the cigar enthusiast. That's and right. if you look yeah. around, we are all over the place. We do Long Star Biker Group and uh, Bike Rally, mm-hmm. uh, 300,000 people. We have a lot of diverse customers that don't look nothing like us at all. <laughs> it's just that uh, uh, we are mainly African-American. We get a lot of uh, support in our community, but we get support from everywhere. Uh, if you take a look on our website, yeah, we're the predominant uh, ones you see. But it's no different than any other cigar company. You'll see less cigar people that look like me and more other people. Well, mm-hmm. I, I always find it interesting how it, so often reporters immediately make it about race or color. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, I'm pretty sure this cigar is targeted to people who like cigars. Yes. You know, and Definitely. that it isn't, and that it isn't a, uh, I, I mean, I, I've got friends of all nationalities who love cigars. Mm-hmm. I can't tell any like any traits that belong more to one particular ethnicity than another you know in terms of what they like you know and Cruz you're a perfect example look at where I'm at I'm where I'm I'm here with you and Ian right (laughs) is that not proof in the pudding well and and uh, but I think I think this is to be celebrated because one of the things that comes up a lot in craft beer and in the cigar industry is uh, a need for diversity, right? And I think this is—I uh, think this True. is a really awesome thing yes. yeah. to see uh, to see something like this, you know, really kind of coming onto the scene and beginning to make its mark. Uh, and it's you know, it's something that didn't come from 
you know, a bunch of white guys or or a bunch of Hispanic guys, you know, right. which is usually uh, where things come from in, in the cigar. Right. So. And, and we recognize that. And again, our team is very diverse and international from the perspective of their experiences. So <coughs> we call on our friends and our friends are very, very multicultural. And like I said, you know, we got called to do Long Star Bike Event and we're out there with uh, 300,000 bikers and there's not many people out there that look like me. And if you go look on our website, we are in there with 20, 30 bikers, uh, a lot of white biker groups. They love us and they call us and they tell us, your cigar needs to be over here. So we're blessed to have customers. They actually rep our cigar for us. We don't right. do a lot of selling. Our right. customers help us out. And one of the things we talk about a lot is when you're sitting in a cigar lounge smoking, it's, you know, you'll have... A Republican next to a Democrat, mm -hmm. uh, uh, somebody who is a, uh, a fund manager next to uh, you know somebody that works in construction, mm -hmm. but everybody connects Absolutely. over this. Absolutely, and Correct. that to me is one of the things that's the most beautiful about the world of cigars. And I almost can't think. I mean, I suppose you could say it about whiskey and some other things, but I really can't think of anything that I've ever seen connect people quite the same way. Right. You know. It's just one of those things that uh, if you and I have completely different viewpoints about everything, right. but we both enjoy cigars, Absolutely. we got yeah. something to talk yeah. about. Yeah. You know, well, I think about. that I think that boils down to uh, I I mentioned the word earlier, the cigar culture, and cigar culture is its own culture. That's right. right. It's like, and we're part of that, right. and that I think. That statement alone, I know. pretty much. Summed <laughs> I it know. Up. I was thinking. I was about to, and then I was like, "No, no." I'm you know, wait. I let I'm mine go for a pretty long like while, and I thought that's going to fall on me. Yeah, you're <laughs> notorious for uh, uh, ass shirt. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Very um, much so. I, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to just mention, by the way, and Ian, I know you poured this uh, uh, this box, so we should taste this. Well, I'm, I'm already doing uh, research. Okay. Oh, well, while, me too. While you're doing research, let me just mention uh, our buddy uh, Chris Hart. Yep. Who uh, does the Whiskey Neat Show? Uh, and as part of the Houston Bourbon Society, their big event is this weekend in Houston. Right. We've told you guys before, we've been to a number Be of there. these things. This one is the best one we've ever seen. It's the Houston Whiskey Social. Uh, tickets, you can just go online and uh, I think it's HoustonWhiskeySocial.com. But if it's not, just Google it. It'll, right. it'll come up. And uh, I'm going to tell you the tickets are worth every penny. I'm going to tell you to Uber. And I'm going to tell you that you will have a blast. We'll be there smoking cigars and drinking whiskey and, and rum and other things. And uh, this will be, will this be our fourth one we've gone to? Yeah. Yeah. We're getting old. And last time, it, it was when that love affair started between you and Matt Booth. You remember that? I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are, you guys are like <laughs> uh, big buddies, you know? He's so uh, funny. Yeah. Uh, but anyway... Uh, it, it's always a blast. It's always a good time, and we want to encourage you to support these guys because they do it right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's it's an amazing. That's event. something we. Uh, I think. We love I think the ticket support, price so. for the VIP is 150. Is that correct? I think that's right. Um, um, and yep. it's an absolute. Uh, thanks, Wiki Brian. By the way, he uh, he added the link to it on the uh, comments. So if you're watching us on Facebook, you can link right off of there. Excellent. Um. Uh. At $150 for VIP, you get an entire night um, of any spirit you want to try in that place. Mm -hmm. And there are hundreds. Hundreds. Right. I'm not, I, I know when you say hundreds, you think, oh, there's a bunch. No, no, no. 
there are multiple hundreds of whiskeys. Wow. Yes, yes. And you walk in like a tourist in New York. You're like, what is going <laughs> on here? It's absolutely crazy. And you walk up and you're speaking with the representatives from um, from the different uh, distilleries and and, uh, and companies, and and they're giving you a product to try, and you get a little. T- you can't taste it all. It it would be physically impossible right. to taste it all. In one setting, and one hundred and fifty dollars would buy you. Uh, I don't know how many whiskeys at a at a local whiskey bar. About well, five. certainly, yeah. certainly not as many as you're going to get no. to try. That's I mean, for sure. If you consider, if you consider the cost, like let's say you're going to try ten whiskeys, and that would be conservative. There, that would be like you you barely got in the front door. Yeah, and you try ten whiskeys. If you tried that at your local bar, let's just say you were drinking not very expensive stuff at twelve bucks a pop. Yeah, you're already at that price, and you're right. going to get, you know, ten times and more of and, that. It's and absolutely it, crazy. It works for the companies as well because they're getting a chance to show off what they've got. Yeah, and talk and, to you about yeah, it, and talk to you about it. And by the way, if you're going to the Whiskey Social, do do us this one favor: when you get to the Four Roses booth, ask every guy there. Are you Nick Talamantes? Just ask. It doesn't matter who it is. Just keep asking them until somebody says yes. Uh, we're, we're just trying to boost Nick up with this company. You know? um, Nick's awesome. Yeah, he, he is awesome. So, Will you guys be doing uh, research or working? Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Research. <laughs> research. Correct, Both. Correct answer. Right. Correct answer. Uh, we, we prefer to look at our uh, research as work. Yes. Should, you know, that's we, right. We definitely do. We... we uh, you know, we try to work and, hard. And speaking of research, this... Yes, uh, talk to me about you. I love this, by the way. This is a good, uh, a definitely a good beer. German-style dark lager called Knucklebach. Yep. I'm going to bring this up to the camera so yep. you can see. While you're doing that, I just want to mention, and, and you know, it's got beer a, and cigars can be tricky. It's got a... Sometimes... Right. It's got a baseball... great with cigars. ...player on there. Got a pitcher on there, uh... Ostensibly uh, throwing a, about to throw a knuckleball. A knuckleball, yep. Um, this sometimes, is good beer. And sometimes beer goes great with cigars. Sometimes it's great beer, but it doesn't right. really yeah. marry up. Right. This is going wonderfully with the I expected this Scott. beer uh, to be a little bit bigger body overall. Um, and it's not. It's actually light and uh, refreshing and full of flavor. So this beer... Is a one hundred percent winner on my uh, palate. Yeah, right there. I, I totally agree with you. It, it is not heavy, but the flavor is just as full as it can be. And that's yes. sometimes when you get something that's lighter, it's wonderful and it's crisp and it's got a great light vibe to it. But it doesn't come through as big in the flavor department. This, as this instantly, has. if they do this consistently, this instantly makes me a fan of that brewery, Missouri is, City, Texas. This is outstanding. Yeah. I've got one of their IPAs in my refrigerator. I have not opened it yet, but I'll uh, I'll let you know. I'll do some research in and get back to you. Please do, please do. I have that form on my uh, desk yes, or okay. in my email. <laughs> yeah. it, it is great that we don't have to do a lot of paperwork after the show. This isn't is it? true. Yeah, it is a good this thing. This is true. And the, okay, and the little that we have to do, yeah, we, we yeah. layer on to Adam. Yeah, exactly. So, Adam on the wheels of steel, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Adam, I did not pour you a glass. Uh, is there? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll take care of you, Adam. Uh, as Ian often says, we like to make sure we uh, are sharing our spirits and our. Uh, Beers with Adam to keep him from asking for a raise. So uh, <laughs> we, we do what we can. It's, it's, a, it's an important piece of the uh, important piece of the puzzle. So, uh, all right, that yeah, that's really good. The uh, brewery is in Missouri City, Texas. Uh, you said that you've driven past uh, this. I believe so. 
See, I keep, I keep thinking I need to ash, and then I don't want to. I'm going to go ahead just because I've, I've had an ash shirt a time or two as well. This so. has gone past the coffee and peanut butter stage into the toast stage. Mm. Nice. I like the toast stage. Yes, it's yeah. this is it's a, it's an intriguing cigar because it really does keep developing. I'm enjoying yes. it tremendously. So, um, Darnell, where once you guys get the cigars rolled, do you have a place where you warehouse them or store them? Is this in your like master bedroom closet? Like, no. where do you what what do you do with these? It's called a converted garage. <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have some office storage and uh, some conditioned storage that uh, we store our cigars in. So we bring them all in, put them in conditioned storage uh, so that we distribute from there as well. We're looking, we're growing. So we're actually looking in, at the port to see if we can find some more space uh, and maybe move our distribution from um, a little small team of people shipping because we're, you know, we're a boutique company, but we want to plan for the future. And in six months, I think we'll will be in a little bigger spot. Well, if you need to store a couple more boxes, I can open up some space at my house. I'm pretty I'm sure, sure you can. <laughs> <laughs> and both Ian and I have got, you know, well, you know, humidors that work really well that will, you know, keep them appropriately. Right, uh, right. Uh, keep them You notice it's humidors. Like, like at, at this level of the game, I've already given up. I've got two humidors, and one of them holds a lot of cigars, and the other one holds the rest of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You've got, I think, two or three humidors. I actually have... I have three that are active, and then I've got like one more that if I happen to if you really have stock up, uh, I can always activate that. But yes, yes, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. It's a you know. Uh, but what's what's crazy is how often I open them up and I go, these are nowhere near full. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Um, so uh, so you got. Um, You've got these being rolled. Are they? Where are they? Uh, where are they actually rolled? Are they rolled in Mexico? They're rolled in Nicaragua. In Nicaragua. Okay. So in Nicaragua, we were at the factory uh, two weeks ago in Nicaragua. <laughs> so we have uh, in our Empress Cut Natural Pleasure line, we have a Toro that's uh, fifty-two by six and a half. We have a Grand Robusto that's uh, fifty-six by five and a half, and we have a Robusto that's uh, fifty by five. And our version of the nub we call the Shorty which is uh, 56 by 4. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll have a few of those for you guys as well uh, so that you can enjoy those. How many many lines do you have? You mentioned this is the uh, natural uh, pleasure line. How many lines do you have right now? So I'm glad you asked. We have a second line called the Jazz Line, and it's uh, finished, and it's just waiting to be shipped to us along with some uh, marketing that we want to do around it. So this is coming out. It's coming out about mid uh, March, we think it'll be ready to distribute, you know, to the lounges and cigar shops that we support. And it's a more full body line that's coming out of um, um, uh, Dominican Republic. Our customers, we survey our customers on a quarterly basis and we get feedback from our customers and they wanted something a little more full body because as you guys can, you just mentioned, this is a medium body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, on this cigar, me- mid-medium is probably as strong as it'll get. And uh, we like it like that because we wanted to appeal to a larger base of people. But we got some guys that wanted some bigger ring gauges <laughs> and gals that um, that wanted something just a, a little bit stronger. Well, I think the, uh, the flavor profile on this cigar and the strength profile on this cigar I think would be a great um, next level. If you're, if you're a cigar smoker that really enjoys uh, mild cigars and you want to step up to a medium cigar that's very approachable, I think this would be a yes, great, great step up. Okay, so we lost an ash. We just lost an ash. <laughs> 
One uh, down. I, I will say, though. I chickened out on mine. So. I will say, though, and I'm looking at the burn on yours as well, Ian. That's about as good as it gets right yeah. there. These are very well constructed. Right. We get a lot of praise on the construction and the physical look of the cigar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have people that take the band off and put it in their pocket, and they just marvel at it. And uh, we've created a culture. If you say EC, people already know the band. I mean, we, right. we were at an event, Timmy and I, and the guy didn't know us from Adam. No, no disrespect, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> and all he saw was the band that says, I know, I know this yeah, cigar, and he had it in Florida. Wow. He had it in that's Florida, so and we cool. were in Atlanta. Wow, that's so yeah. cool. Now, by the way, we were talking about ash. Look at the ash on Timmy's cigar. Yes. Look how long that is. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. We love, we love long ash. ash. <laughs> we love long that's ash. That's so great. That's so great. Usually when I'm sitting at home, I'll just let it go just until it, it go. falls. Yeah. But right. I found out in public I, I have to actually tell you. Because then I'll just be wearing ashes. Yeah. Well, uh, I will say, as as it moves into maybe the beginning of the second, third, I'm getting a wonderful sort of citrusy tingle on my tongue that I didn't notice in the first third. So this thing continues to evolve, and yes. that's a... That's a really good thing for a cigar to do. It It really is. All right, let's uh, take a break. We're going to come back. We have more tasting to do. Now, I don't know how this one's going to go with cigar, uh, but in our next segment, Fair State Brewing Company's Partying Past Burning Bridges Dip Hopped IPA is uh, what we'll be uh, tasting next. Then we have some 25-year-old Optimus Rum. I have a feeling I know how that's going to go. All right. Uh, and uh, then finally, the Sierra Nevada 2020 Bigfoot uh, uh, Barley Wine Style Ale. So we have all of that coming up. Plus, one of the reasons I asked you about where you were storing your cigars is make sure they're safe because because thieves that last week stole 100,000 cigars from Indian Head Cigar Company. Wow. So I'll tell you about that story wow. coming up. It's Smoking and Toasting, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. We are live for show number 173, if you can believe that, Ian. Uh, We are live. We're halfway to 200. (laughs) We are indeed. We're live at Downing Street Social Club, which is all a part of 5 Central at 2736 Virginia Street in Houston. And uh, Terry, who is the owner and proprietor of this establishment, has uh, joined us. Terry, I'm sorry, tell me your last name again. Terry Williams. Terry Williams. Terry, welcome to uh, Smoking and Toast, and, and thanks for letting us come uh, invade your uh, your lovely location here Thank this you. afternoon. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, Darnell was telling us you've been open a little over a year as, a year. as Downing Street. Um, what made you decide? I told Ian when I came in, I said, I'm pretty sure I danced on that floor over there at one mm-hmm. time when it was a dance club, and I'm just glad none of you were here to see that. Uh, because it wasn't pretty, but uh, uh, but what uh, what made you decide to turn this into a cigar lounge? Well, the biggest thing was this building has been here a hundred years. This year, wow. we turned a hundred years old. That's awesome. So we wanted to go on something that was that was old, have the right setting, and then it was the proper time because the most popular um, cigar bar in the state of Texas was the Downing Street Bar, right. which is eight hundred yards from us, right there on West Timer and Kirby. Right. As you know, they had to close down when the medical center came in. Mm-hmm. They left it vacant. We found out the name was open, bought the name, came over here because we wanted to open up the restaurant and the dinner theater, and we thought it would be proper to do them all at the same time. So, so that's what re- made the decision. So on the ground, you've got a restaurant, 
a dinner theater, yes, a smoking lounge, right, and what else? And we have a mixology, which oh, is which a, is a, a high end craft, craft cocktail, cocktail bar, bar. yeah, and nice. a wine bar. Wow! So nice. you're a little over sixteen thousand square foot facility in the heart of River Oaks, with five different locations centrally located in one. And I noticed on your Facebook uh, page, it looks like looks like you have some pretty. Uh, Pretty regularly have events going on here for uh, for cigar fans. Is Amazing that right? uh, cigar events that we've had. Uh, matter of fact, I'm still tired over Saturday night. <laughs> Saturday night, you cannot walk in this 16,000 square foot facility. Wow! All facilities were just jam packed. Feel that's great. Very good. Very good uh, event. That's that's great. Well, this is a beautiful place, and it's it's wonderfully uh, laid back and exactly what you want right. in a in a smoking lounge. It's got, it's got you know, it's got the brick walls. It's got the the wooden rafters. It's 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 really just perfect. And I, and I, and I want to say this too, there are a couple of TVs, but you're not assaulting me with televisions, which I also appreciate. I appreciate yeah. that comment because yeah. when yeah. we were getting this together, I said this is not a sports bar, right? right. Uh, it, it's great to have it on if there's right. a game or something right. that, that you, you want to see. But yeah. But right, sometimes you walk into a cigar lounge and there's, it feels like there's 800 TVs and you're like, it yeah. really does feel like a sports bar where you can smoke. And this has a more laid back feel than that. And Absolutely. It's, it's, we we built really this. Cool. We wanted it to be a cigar lounge. Last right. name lounge. Right. Meaning if you're in the lounge in your home, you have one, typically have one TV. Was it difficult in building a cigar lounge after the, you know, uh, smoking ban uh, was in effect in Houston? Was it difficult navigating the, the legal waters so that you could build something where you've got smoking area here and a bar out there? Is that was that how, how tough was it? I guess is what that's I'm an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. I can it, only it was, imagine. It was it was tough in regards to getting the proper proper documentation to be open, and it was uh, right uh, very very tough on us in regards financially to right. make all the changes needed to be able to be open. Right. I, I can I can only imagine. There's nothing like legal red tape. No, Absolutely. Nothing quite <laughs> like it. Well, well, you've done a great job, and we want to encourage people to come and check this place out because uh, a lot of people, when they hear uh, Downing Street, may not realize this is a new place, and it is open, and it's, it's, it's thriving, and it's, uh, it's awesome. Absolutely. You, we have a number of uh, customers that come in because they heard Downing Street. And they visit Downing Street, so they come in and see it. Mm-hmm. And what makes me more excited than anything else, when they leave, I said, well, give me an answer. At first, I was scared to say, well, this ain't Downing Street. Right. right. But I, I get often that this is more personable. We're going to be back. We absolutely love it. Thanks for bringing Downing Street back to this corner of the world. That's yeah, you really definitely awesome. have picked up some of that vibe from the from the old Downing Street. And I overheard... Uh, during the uh, during the break, when you sat down, you uh, you have other lounges as well. Absolutely, we also have another lounge called Presidential Cigars. That was the first one. It was mm-hmm. uh, been going for four was years. Is that the now. one off of nineteen uh, sixty? It's close to nineteen sixty. Right, it's right. We actually Stuber did a show there. We did. It was yeah, we very did early. Uh, did, did, did I remember did that. Video. That's three years ago. Yeah. I, I can remember that. <laughs> I thought you looked familiar. Yeah, were you yeah, there yeah. at that time? Yeah, yeah. I, I came by as you guys were wrapping up. Okay, okay. And uh, you guys were there right. with a couple other partners of mine. Huh? Mm-hmm. But I do remember that now, right across from Klein High School, right, right there, Presidential right, Cigars. Right. But it, right it's, it was easy to overlook us because Howard was there. And Howard has a tendency to, like, <laughs> that's right, like that's suck right. up all the uh, oxygen. 
presence. He has a yes. lot of presence, yeah. yes. Uh, no, we had a great time out there. Actually, it was one of, wasn't the very first, one of the uh, first couple of cigar lounges that we visited when we uh, yeah. and right. did the show when we started doing it. And it was, uh, it was it, we, had a, we had a wonderful time there. Um, so when this guy calls you or walks in and says, you you gotta you gotta try my cigars. You gotta carry my cigars. What was what was your reaction when you uh, when you first figured them out? Well, I I said, uh, Darnell, tell me about yourself and your company. We didn't I go halfway fall, through. Actually. It, you did good. You were going good. But it was it was it was half. As long as you didn't burn a leg, I was okay. It was it was half of your cigar, and it's still in pretty much one piece yeah, there on the a floor. A moment of so. silence for the ash. Yes. <laughs> and I and and I said to Darnell. You know, what's your vision? He started off with his vision. We have very similar visions. And so I said to Darnell, absolutely, we're going to carry it. Because Darnell doesn't want to be the best African-American cigar. He wants to be the best cigar. See, and it gets back to what we were talking about yeah. a little bit earlier. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, absolutely, absolutely right. Well, this is, uh, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely got a, I want to make sure I say the right word. It's got a classiness to it. This cigar, it's got a right. vibe that's that's a bit elegant that I think fits the the you know vibe of of the room and and what you're doing. It doesn't doesn't come off like a cheapy. Although uh, what I, I think we asked this off uh, off mic, but we didn't ask you about what these uh, retail for. What uh, if somebody's buying that's one of these? So right in the average, about ten dollars uh, across. The uh, Houston area and most of our retailers, they'll put it in. I would say anywhere from ten dollars to seventeen dollars in Atlanta. Uh, they're closer to thirteen, seventeen dollars in the Atlanta. Area. Well, well, it's uh, but it's got you know it's got the kind of experience that delivers on that. It's not you know uh, we think of ten dollar as uh, as That's premium as premium, and it's when you start pushing you know fifteen that you think you know. Super premium, but boy, right. your expectations get ratcheted up. They really you do. You know what I mean? And and so I think I think that's a great uh, it's a great price point because you at at that price point you've got expectations, right. but nothing this cigar can't right. deliver on. And I think that's right. I think that's absolutely I think that's absolutely. And, awesome. and one of the other things I like to add is Terry's a, a mentor to me, so he owns lounges, so I'm able to bounce things off of him so that I can get better. And the uh, membership at Presidential. Uh, we have a membership there, and so it's like a think tank. So we're able to go in and talk to members, and they say, we like this, we don't like that, change this, change that. We write it all down, we go back into the laboratory, and we come back with samples, and then they give us their honest opinion. Wow. So we are very fortunate to have a great close cigar community in our lounge. When when we were out there, Ian, Remember, we ran, didn't we run into, like, a city councilman, and he started giving us cigars? Jack Cagle. Jack yeah. Cagle. Yeah, yeah, Jack He's Cagle. one of our best members. Yeah. He's yeah. the so, county commissioner. Do me a favor if you see right. him right. again. Yeah. I go ride uh, mountain bike trails over at Cypress Creek, and there's a sign up there and has his name on it and everything. Tell him thanks for supporting that. I will do it. He'll love that. Yeah. yeah. Like, As a cigar his, smoker, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And I see, he I gave us his, cigars. I was like, well, I'm used to, like, uh, you know, like elected officials wanting stuff from us. Right. He, was, he, was, he was handing us cigars. It was pretty awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah he was super nice. Well, uh, this is uh, this is really uh, really well done, and congratulations on on how well it it's doing. That's 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 great news to me. You know, uh, 
depending on what you read, you know, cigar smoking is either you know still growing or it's slowing down or right. whatever. But what I think what I think is happening is that people are m- more and more tuning into the experience part of cigar smoking, and that's that's something that I think can be greatly enhanced by being in in a place like you. I'm glad you yeah. said that, John. I like to think of you know myself and what I do is. Don't be good today. Build yourself to be good tomorrow. And the way I look at that is you look at cigars and where cigars are going, it is slowly becoming the celebratory event of the day. So, you know, it used to be champagne. Champagne's going away. You know, now when someone has a baby, it's a cigar. Someone has a birthday, it's a cigar. Someone have their their uh, wedding anniversary, it's a cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, reunions, it's a cigar, right? Mm-hmm. Look at, you know, the ball players When they win championships right, now, right. it's a cigar. cigar. So and it's for, become a celebratory event. That's right. And for me, days ending in Y, it's a cigar. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> well, that's, you know, and I've, I've said this before at the risk of being uh, um, uh, redundant. The nicest thing about a cigar is you don't hurry up and smoke a cigar. It doesn't happen. You don't go stand outside for five minutes and smoke a cigar. Right. When you light a cigar, it's a time commitment. And and you can't, like, I don't know how you can be rushed and flustered having a cigar. Like, you light this, and immediately you've got this this wellness that happens in your mind. You well, know, because sure. you're going to sit right. down and enjoy that. You're going to have conversation. You're going to... And there are a lot of people and, and advocacy groups who focus on the health risks of smoking cigars and smoking cigars is not without some of that although it's right. nothing like cigarettes, cigarettes of course right. but what they never talk about is the health benefits that I can tell you that I get when I'm able to finally at the end of the day chill and sit down and watch the sunset or whatever and right. enjoy that that experience of having a cigar, to me, it feels like the positive benefits I get out of that, those don't get talked about enough at all. Really yeah, absolutely. Don't. And then on a rainy day, yeah. when the mosquitoes come out, the mosquitoes all wait. They don't bite you when yeah. you have a mosquito. That's right. <laughs> it's a repeller. It's a repeller. It works. Awesome. It works. Uh, you know, I, I, I share that with women often mm-hmm. because it's like, it's like the old version of Calgon, take me away. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really a relaxation. It's a balancing type thing and a lot of times especially um, with women we have a lot on our plate we're doing a lot of different things Mm -hmm. and I tell especially my um, women that are newer smokers that this is a relaxing type of engagement It It, it, it totally puts you in a place where you can kind of bring everything down for the day the kids, the husband, the the life, everything like that. Well, see, and you I'm, know what? Hey, just for ahead, a second, I don't mind saying this. It, I, I just like to stay on women just for a second. Yes. The one thing I've noticed over the years <coughs> as a lounge owner, women are smoking cigars more than anybody else, right? Per yeah. capita, mm-hmm. that's our biggest increase. <clears throat> so cigar sales for women at both of my lounges are absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And they will come and support uh, we have a number of uh, female smokers groups who mm-hmm. come in mm-hmm. and support, and they support as well as the men, if not better. It feels yes. to me that there's something, I don't know, maybe it's just the visual image. There's something that feels like a woman is empowered uh, or comes across that way <laughs> when she's smoking a cigar. You know it, does. it does. It does. It does. 
definitely <laughs> does. And I and I talk to women about you know many of us you know we have we have so much in our brain and and just like you guys and and it feels like you gain something when you smoke a cigar. You just you just feel like you're on top of everything. And, and, um, it's, it's a great reward system too. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, you know, I was I was gonna say moments ago. I'm I'm kind of a busybody. Like if I don't watch I don't watch TV because when I'm watching TV, I always feel like I should be doing something. You know, like exactly. I, like I'm wasting my time. Right. Mm-hmm. When I go sit on my patio and I light a cigar, all of that doesn't even enter my mind anymore. Exactly. It just like it's just a moment of I get to sit and do this, and yeah. until that cigar is done, I'm not bothered with anything. Anything. Exactly. You know. Therefore, I like really. Large cigars, <laughs> and, and uh, right, abs- absolutely, absolutely, and and that's one of the reasons I think that you spent the money that you spent to make this place look and feel the way that it does, because it's part of enhancing that whole put it put it all put all the other stuff away and enjoy this cigar. Well, I, I also want to say, in the time that I've been smoking cigars, uh, lounges have gotten a lot friendlier. And, and easier to approach, too, because it can be a tim- intimidating when you're just going into a cigar shop and there's all these people in the lounge and they're all doing their thing. And there was a lot of cigar shops that were private lounge only, but the, that's starting to turn around to where it's, it's open lounge at a lot of places. And you can just walk in and sit down. You can do your own thing or you can go join a, a group of people and start chatting. Um, sometimes if there's a TV, you can do that. It's, it's, it's just such a nice, friendly environment now. You know, that's that's why when we, we uh, opened this lounge, we wanted a VIP for the VIP members. Right. Mm-hmm. But we also, you know, I'm smiling as I say this, we call that room there the rookie room. Mm-hmm. Has music, has a TV, has everything you need for that fact. You don't have to be an enthusiast. You could just be here wanting to smoke. But in the city, you cannot smoke and drink in the same spot. Right. And so if they buy $50 worth of cigars and liquor, they can go in this room here and hang out. And smoke cigars. Nice, nice. You know, I like it. and then they graduate over to this room. Over that's this right. Room. <laughs> right, right, right. That's that's right. And you know, a, a premium lounge is it's an investment. That's you know, when someone says, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put up for a membership," uh, it's an investment to me in ensuring that you've got a place to go to have this kind of the uh, chill experience and and feel like you belong. You know, and I think it's a pretty cool thing. I think one of the things he was fixing over there didn't get completely fixed. It's unfixed now. <laughs> it's unfixed now. But, uh, well, thank you uh, for joining us. And you are welcome to sit here for the rest of the show, by the way, if you like. Uh, we are about to try a, uh, a beer, an IPA, called Partying Past Burning Bridges. And uh, it, you know, it was asked, well, what's the story behind that? And so I will, uh, I will now tell you what the... The folks at uh, Fair State Brewing said that partying past burning bridges is about. They say, what does it mean to party past burning bridges? It's about meeting all moments of gladness and pain with resilience, equanimity, and joy. We can cling and sink, or we can keep floating down the river and celebrate what we have right. Now that's... You know, for a can of beer, that's pretty yes. empowering, isn't it? Yeah. As soon as I hear the name, I'm like, this beer has a fan club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, is, uh, it is brewed by Fair State Brewing Cooperative and Three Floyds uh, Brewing. We've had uh, a number of Three Floyds uh, beers on the show here before. And uh, it represents, and this is pretty interesting too, a more traditional IPA but with a bit of a novel aspect 
Um, it is brewed with the innovative Japanese dip hopping technique. Now, I saw on the can it said dip hopped IPA, and I did not know what that was. So, again, we've done the research, and now we can tell you that dip hopping involves hopping the worst post-heat exchange, but before the introduction of the yeast. So it maximizes the floral and citrus aromas, they say, uh, while minimizing the presence of uh, onion that it can be found in dry hop beers. So, so I think we should expect something citrusy, and we'll see how this goes. Ian, uh, I haven't done any research You haven't yet. done any research because you've been uh, making sure everybody is... Uh, is taken care of and that we are well poured. Well, I can tell you. I did show off the can while you were uh, explaining yes. it. It's, uh, the artwork on the can is really interesting. It's got like a Viking ship going past a burning bridge on a river. It's uh, it's a pretty simple bit of artwork, but also it's exactly what the label says. Partying past burning bridges. <laughs> Partying past burning bridges. I can tell you from my, uh, from my initial tasting, it is a, a more traditional uh, style IPA. It's got some citrusiness to it, but it doesn't come across citrus in the same way as like a hazy or a New England style. This is more like it reminds me a bit of uh, that floral citrusy vibe of like a harpoon IPA, perhaps, or something like that. Yeah, you can you can you can smell that floral right off the top. And what's interesting about the uh, the flavor on this is it comes across. It's like bookended by malt. It comes across right malt right up front and then you get that citrus hop big hump in the middle of the palate and then it finishes with a little bit of that IPA bitterness but a malt a lingering kind of malt going and on And interestingly there. the that it's that malt on the finish that is keeping it okay. I I don't know if I would say it pairs with the cigar but it's not destroying the cigar which yeah, sometimes no. and I love IPAs but sometimes <sighs> An IPA can really destroy, can really mess up the palate in terms of uh, smoking a cigar. So that's good. Mm. Yeah, this uh, it's, it. it's 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 an interesting IPA. I like this IPA. Um, it's it's not usually the kind of IPA I like, but I like the malt profile and uh, and the uh, and the bitterness is really really tempered on the finish by that malt. That's just really interesting. I don't know that I've had an IPA that that finishes like this. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It, it's got it's got that little hint of malt on the finish that that really does make it a different kind of an IPA uh, experience. So, uh, say that again. No, I said it rests on your tongue and it kind of mellows there. Can you just be on the show every week? <laughs> Don't tell her that. She, she's good with this. She's really she's very insightful with this uh, stuff. I can see why you wanted her on the team. Yes. Yeah, but uh, no, uh, you're absolutely right. It does it does kind of rest on the tongue and and tingle there, and it's it's quite 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 good. Um, wow, this is uh, so we're already having a good time, and we haven't hit the rum yet. No, oh, it's right. And and that will be in our next segment. By the way, uh, we will be uh, tasting some, and I'm going to go back and make sure I've got my year right here. It's 25 year old Oliver rum. It's called Optimus, not related to any Transformers. Optimus Rome, Optimus not, Rome Optimus not Optimus Prime. Prime. Different, yes. uh, plus, we may have found a way to beat the coronavirus. Uh-oh. A man in the UK believes that he beat it with whiskey. So we'll tell you all about that coming up. <laughs> so She'll tell you. He's famous for telling you 
when we go to all these other countries, yeah. so I get all these shots, and <clears throat> and he'll say, just drink a lot of whiskey yeah. until I pass out. Okay? Yeah, but, that's how I vaccinate myself. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it sure is more enjoyable than the other alternatives. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you're right. All right. Well, we're 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 not anti-vaxxers here. We believe in the whiskey vaccination. Yeah. And we'll be right back with our next segment. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 173, and we are live at the Downing Street Social Club. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. We are live from the Downing Street Social Club, and we are brought to you by our good friends and wonderful sponsors uh, of B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, I teased this and then I never delivered in the last uh, segment. But if you happen to come across someone who's trying to sell you inexplicably large amounts of La Galera cigars at a big discount, you probably should call the cops. Uh, 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 Jose Blanco, the owner of uh, Indian Head Cigar Company, announced this week that the Indian Head distribution warehouse in Miami was burglarized on Saturday. He estimates 100,000 cigars were stolen. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So so if somebody tries to sell you a bunch of those at a discount or if you're over at somebody's house and they're passing around cigars like they, you know, like they own the company, maybe they right. own 100,000 uh, uh, stolen ones. Jose Blanco's a lot of fun. Oh. We had him we had him on the show a while back. He was absolutely awesome. We did. Absolutely absolutely awesome. And uh I got to share this with you. Uh, apparently uh there's a uh there's a cure or, or a way to at least beat the coronavirus. And uh, a man claims that he overcame it with hot whiskey and honey. Uh, he's a British man. He lives in China. And uh, he said downing hot whiskey and honey uh, did the trick. He lives in Wuhan, which is the epicenter of the yes, coronavirus. Yes. Right. And uh, uh, he said that uh, he was diagnosed with the virus about two months ago, went to the hospital after he struggled to breathe and experienced a bad cough. Uh, he was stunned when doctors told him he was uh, suffering from the virus. Uh, he thought he was going to die, but he managed to beat it. Uh, I used the uh, inhaler, which helped to cr- control the cough, and drank a hot whiskey with honey until it ran out. It's an old-fashioned remedy, but it seemed to do the trick. I'm telling you, old-fashioned remedies are where it's at. Sign, exactly where it's <laughs> at. Sign me up. Especially this one. And look, if it, if it works, fantastic. If it doesn't work, at least you had hot whiskey and honey. Exactly. <laughs> That's the worst thing that happened. It was so bad. <laughs> um, we are uh, really enjoying these cigars. I know uh, it, sometimes it's difficult to you know, do the show. I have a tendency to talk too much and not enjoy smoking. But this has been very forgiving. I've not had to go uh, with a bunch of relights uh, right. on this. It, it's really stayed with me. and it's, right. been, it's been very, very nice. A fantastic burn on it as well. It's uh, through the middle of this cigar, and I didn't talk a whole lot about it, uh, but it, I got a lot of toast, uh, and uh, it could be interacting with the drinks, too, but maybe a little bit of cinnamon almost. There's still a lot of coffee flavors going on in here. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how it's developing, and then the, the um, two-thirds into this right now, and, and the power isn't picking up. It's staying right where it's been, so it's, it's definitely dead solid medium uh, strength cigar all the way through so far. Darnell, how difficult is it? So, so you know you've got a good product. You've got guys like Terry that are saying, "Come on, we'll carry it." But how difficult is the process of beginning to break in when you're the new guy? Because uh, 
I'll tell you a secret. When I first told Ian about having you on the show, the first thing he said is, have you smoked the cigar yet? Right. And there's a reason for that because, you know, there's a few local cigar companies around, and right. the cigars are not that good. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so and I said, no, I haven't. It's in the humidor. I'll smoke it. We'll talk. But right. uh, obviously, uh, I smoked it and thought, this is great, and we got to... We got to talk about it, but how hard is it to overcome that stigma when you're trying to get into shops and lounges and things like that? It's difficult being a new guy on the block. Uh, we call it our ground and pound. We go, we literally the partners. We're in six different states, and three to four days a week, we're in front of shop owners doing events. We're on social media trying to get our brand out there, and we literally touch all of our customers. All of our customers have our numbers. We take calls from all of our customers because we want to be very personable. We want to have a quality cigar, and it took us a, a minute. We've been doing this for two and a half years, and we're just starting to get into our growth stage, and it's, it's difficult. And not, and not to ask too much about business plan stuff, but uh, how long does it take, assuming that things go as well as they have for you, like how long does it take before you start paying the bills with something like this um we think we uh with our growth strategy we think we've got another six months and we'll get to break even wow that's i think that's incredibly yeah. impressive it's, it's taken a lot of work yeah, and yeah. like darnell says we are basic so we ground and pound we right. we yeah. plan out <clears throat> we have regular weekly meetings we have um uh forecasts and a strategy meeting and we have a business development meeting and a sales meeting and a customer um, uh, communication meeting, so we try to work it all out. And, um, well, I, I really think that you did it right. You focus on one line, you know, the different shapes and sizes. Right. And you got that right, right before you went on to the jazz, which is the next one, right? Exactly. And it took us nine to ten months to bring the jazz line out, mm -hmm. and we got some pressure. Um, our customers wanted more cigars, and we wouldn't come to market with just being expedient and quick we wanted to have quality i mean we have a very uh rigorous quality process we reject thousands of cigars every several months if they do not meet our quality standard wow and uh and what happens to those cigars that you reject are those the ones that we see on the mail order catalogs and the bundles well, yeah, those have got to come from somewhere, well, you know. Some of them we'll give to our very close friends with a disclaimer, do not let it leave your house. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. And the reason why, we don't want them to get in the public and they don't have, you don't have the experience that we're having right. today because then we got to chase them down and we've got to correct that. We will replace any cigar that does not meet your expectation. We don't have, That's we great. tell all yes. of our customers, you don't have to just smoke it because you bought it. Matter of fact, if you're a new smoker, you can't smoke our cigar unless one of us are, are we're around. And we're able to help you with your technique because the <laughs> technique, will, if it's not right, you'll say the cigar is bad. No, it's your technique. Right, right, right. I teach a lot of classes and education on technique and what to look for and how to put the cigar on different parts of your tongue mm -hmm. so that you can taste different um, flavors. Uh, you know how your tongue has different mm -hmm. um, different regions, yeah, regions yep. on your tongue, so so that they can understand what's going on and and how sometimes even when you're toasting, you can actually burn a cigar and, and destroy it. Well, that's right, and a right. lot of people do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, you know a lot. It, it drives me a little crazy sometimes seeing some people light a cigar because I'm like, yes. oh dude, you're gonna have to smoke that halfway down before it's gonna be right. Yeah. Exactly. You know? uh, 
but uh, but it is it is a uh, uh, it's a bit of an it's a bit of an art. But to it me, is. all of that is part of the ritual, I guess, if you will, Absolutely. of of uh, smoking a cigar and being able being able to do it right. And uh, and we you know we go through that sometimes on the show, do a little cigar one on one. I have to I have to laugh because you're talking about newbies with cigars, and it can be intimidating. But I was uh, out at um, uh, my friend's bar, sitting outside smoking a cigar at the uh, at the New Potato, and there was a young gentleman up there that was uh, inquiring about my cigar, and uh, and he said, you know, I've I've only had a couple cigars, so I gave him one. I usually you know carry a little case, have you know three four cigars in there in case someone wants one or I want more than one. Right. Um, so I gave him a cigar, and he was super grateful about it. He took the label off of it. And then he took the whole cigar and put it in his mouth and wet the entire wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, was, I was a little baffled. And he goes, well, I heard you're supposed to do that to a cigar so it burns properly. I said, well, I said, I don't think any of the cigar makers would recommend that, but it is your cigar. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, smoke it how you want it. Smoke it how you want it. <laughs> our, uh, our friend Alan Denny... Um, who nobody cares about, uh, uh, told me a great story from when he was uh, managing one of his uh, previous cigar shop uh, jobs that uh, there was a guy who would go into the humidor and lick the cigars, but yeah. not necessarily buy it. No, that's oh, a, that's no. a, that's a no. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that's bad. That's, that's bad. Uh, now, I, I, will, I will, you know, moisten the end of a cigar before I cut it. Uh, but that's just to make it kind of a little easier. But once I own it, once you own it, once you own it, yeah. Yeah, he's looking at me like, "Do not let him near my humidor." <laughs> that's, that's, that's a constant battle because we talk about it all the time to cellophane or not cellophane, mm -hmm. um, because you you want someone to have the experience of seeing the the way it's rolled and mm -hmm. everything else, but the cellophane protects you from all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it protects from a lot of handling. Exactly. exactly. Um, Ian has taken a moment and poured us uh, the Optimus 25, and I believe you've also taken a moment to do a little research, have you not? Yes. Yes, uh, I have. So why don't you uh, speak while I do some research of my so own? So it's, it's an interesting smelling rum. It has a, a spice and a slightly chemical, not in a bad way, but slightly... Uh, slightly chemical kind of uh, aroma to it or medicinal maybe mm -hmm. uh, it would be a better word um, and again not in a bad way it's just an interesting thing because I don't think I've had a rum that had that's had that uh, usually with uh, rums you're more likely to get that sort of rubbery rubber right uh, yeah. uh, 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 aroma which also sounds like it's not a good thing but it, it can be very a very enjoyable flavor in a rum this right. but uh, but this doesn't necessarily also have that. has a, a kind of a bready kind of flavor it almost tastes like a um almost like a gingerbread cookie to some degree as weird as that may sound uh and it's got this beautiful dark molasses kind of flavor to it with some spice right it drinks incredibly smooth and then it comes back a couple minutes, a couple moments later, with this nice, beautiful warmth, like this, whiskey hug, uh, yeah, the whiskey rum. hug, yeah, <laughs> it comes right up behind you like that, uh, and it's it's also a bit oily. It's oilier than I would have expected, and it really spreads across the palate. 
I love the finish on this. I think it's as good. The finish on this is as good or better maybe than any rum uh, that I've had, at least in a very, very long time. There's a little bit of banana on the finish I I kind of detect. Yeah. Just just a touch of it. You may have to hire him. (laughs) Yeah. It's practice, really. Yeah, well, practice. Get your practice in. Well, this is the guy that came up with the whole concept of what turned into our you know signature event, which is the whiskey sniff, which is uh, Ian. You want to walk through the whiskey sniff one more time? How you do it? Well, this developed from me starting to have a bit of a whiskey collection. Because when you only have one or two bottles of whiskey, you can't collect it because you're just going to drink it. But once you get a couple <laughs> bottles ahead, more than you can drink, then you start drinking it a little less because now you're like, hmm, what am I going to have? Well, what I would do is I would go out onto my patio and I would light a cigar and get past the initial light, you know, so about an inch in and really get the cigar on my palate. And then I would go inside and I would pop the tops on my whiskey and just smell them. And it has never, never led me wrong. You will find the whiskey that goes with that cigar. And there may be multiple ones, you know, Mm -hmm. but you will find a a whiskey or a, a rum or a spirit that goes well with that cigar just like that. But it keeps evolving because once you drink that... And you have that flavor plus your cigar in your palate. You might go in, and and ones that you passed up earlier might might smell right on might your palate, right. and, and and might please your palate, and you you know try something different. But it's a really, you know, I, people ask me all the time, you like whiskey and cigars? How do you pair them? I mean, that's what I do. I use my nose. You know, I just correct. I just let it guide me. Uh, now. That being said, that's a little harder to do in a bar situation because, you know, you can't walk up to the bar and be like, let me smell all your whiskey. <laughs> but we put on an event. You know, we, we uh, Cruz's idea was he liked my idea, so he said, let's make it an event. So we now have put on this event twice where we call it the Whiskey Sniff. And, uh, and that's what we do. We, we give you uh, some cigars when you come into this event, and you choose the one you're going to smoke, and then you have tables with uh, the different whiskey reps uh, there to talk about their product, and they let you smell it and kind of decide what your palate wants, those kind of things. You do this over and over again for the rest of the evening. It's absolutely delightful. Yeah, it really is. It's It's a great evening. But I can tell you the rum sniff with one rum, this rum is totally working with this cigar. Oh, absolutely goes well with the cigar. The molasses and banana on the finish and a little bit of... Uh, you said molasses. I, I'm almost getting maple syrup. A little bit, uh, yeah. uh, not not in texture, but in uh, but in uh, flavor uh, on the finish on this, and it really, really marries nicely with a medium-bodied cigar. It's interesting because yeah. it brings out. Uh, it really highlights the coffee in the mm-hmm. cigar. Like to me, it really brings out the coffee flavors in a cigar, which I truly enjoy in that, and a little bit of the bitter chocolate kind of going on in, uh, on the end. Are you a rum guy? I love rum. I love rum and cigars. I love the spice in the rum that brings out the cigar. So I agree. I love it. I love a lot of different rums. I drank one that has banana in it, and mm-hmm. it just pairs absolutely well uh, with our cigar. You know, I think whiskey is more finicky in terms of how how it goes. It's it's more important to pair correctly yes. with whiskey. Rums in general, if they're good rums... Almost all of them will go with the cigar. I agree. Yeah, it's well. hard to go wrong. I mean, it can benefit from the from the whiskey sniff, but uh, but it's hard to go wrong with a rum. I think you're mm-hmm. you're absolutely correct on that. What's your uh, verdict on the Optimus Twenty Five? It's delicious. Yeah. What's the price point on that? You're bottle? for it. 
I am. I am yeah. totally. Uh, it's about a ninety dollar bottle. Yeah. It's so good. for a rum, that's very expensive. That is because generally, most of the what I would call, you know, super premium rums that I buy are closer to the maybe $35, $40 right. uh, price point. Right. And there's some really, really good ones yes. at 30 and under yeah. uh, if, you, uh, if you know how to go. So, uh, but, but I went a little more on this. It was, it was recommended. And uh, it's, I, you know, I feel like it, it's, it's so hard being comparative with, with spirits, you know? Right. Uh, I feel like it's worth it because... If I had spent that ninety dollars on a bottle of whiskey, I would hope I was enjoying it with the cigar as much as I'm enjoying this. Rum. Well, it's way you know? easier to spend a lot of money on whiskey just due to whiskey's price point. To the price point, yeah, because yeah. it's definitely price point higher. Uh, I mean, because you can go buy ninety dollar whiskeys that are okay, but you can also buy ninety dollar whiskeys that are outstanding. Whereas, generally speaking, in rum, I don't think I've had anything over the fifty dollar mark that's been less than stellar. Well, I was at, I was at Specs you know. when I bought this. I was at Specs, and I got into a conversation with the guy um, in the rum aisle. And often, and I know they're just doing their job, but often they're like, "Hey, can I help you?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, I got it." You know, I'm I'm just looking for something we haven't tried yet on the show. You know, and uh, so so he was like, he was cool and backed up. And then I was holding a, a another rum, uh, and said, "What can you tell me about this one?" And so he proceeded to tell me. And in his description, I was like. Okay, this is a good guy to talk to about the rum. You could tell, right? Uh, so I asked him about a few other things, and finally, as I was about to put that in my basket, I asked him. I said, "I said, let me ask you a question." I said, "My my favorite tequila in the world is the Jose Cuervo Reserva de la Familia. It's their super ultra premium. It's the only Cuervo I really like, quite frankly. Uh, but it's their super ultra premium, and it's about one hundred and forty-five dollars a bottle." I said. I feel like I'm okay when I buy one, even though it's pricey, because I feel like I'm getting that quality. Right. I said, I've never bought a rum that was around $100. And there was one I was looking at on the shelf that was like 111 So I've never spent that for a rum because I'm worried that in the rum world, it's going to be about as good as this $38 one over here. Right. And he pointed me towards this one. Which was under a hundred, but you know was was a little yeah. pricey, and uh, I I'm feeling like he didn't steer me wrong. I feel like I feel like this is good, and, and it's not, and that it is a step above my sort of favorites in the in the thirty uh, forty dollar right. range. You know, it is a twenty five. Yeah, yeah, it's a twenty five yeah. year, so that's a big. It's it's interesting because a lot of times we can be driven just by what we see, and we think if it's more expensive, it's going to be good, but. Frankly, uh, I, I have plenty of under forty dollar whiskeys on my shelf that are outstanding. That are awfully good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Including the Weller Reserve. It's it's like eighteen to twenty two dollars for a bottle. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, right. Uh, you don't have to spend a ton, but it's nice when you go buy, you know, your sixty or seventy dollar bottle of uh, Glenmore and La Santa. And that you know you're going to get something right. a little more special. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can start getting north of $100 really quickly with a lot of the uh, single malt scotches. And some of them are really, really good and worth it. And some of them are just good. You Absolutely. Know? Well, listen, I have, I have a tough time 
plunking down the money for a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle. Don't get me wrong. It's good. It's really good. And by the way, a little bird told me Chris Hart's going to be walking around the uh, uh, the floor at the Whiskey Social this weekend with a bottle. Pouring ah. for people. So if you see, you know, tall redhead guy, yeah, make a beeline for Fo- him. He follow him around. We, we'll be. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or we'll if you see in. Ian and me following someone, that's him. <laughs> then follow you guys. Yeah, we're, right. we're, we're like the little baby ducks behind him. <laughs> right. Mostly uh, because he's really tall. Yeah. But 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 it, it, it can be. It can feel like it's tough to justify that. Yeah. In in terms of an expenditure and with whiskey and stuff. So, you know, this well, is a bit of an experiment. That's another me. great thing about an event like that is when you go up to. Sp- uh, to specs or whatever liquor store you go to and you're standing there and you're, you go okay i want to get something special and i'm going to spend a hundred plus on a bottle what do you buy if you're not right. super experienced what do you buy well if you go to an event like this you get to try it all of those whiskeys you get to try right. the ones that are 250 dollars. you get to try the ones that are you know 25 dollars. right right and, and it does let you know when you're able to sample those Okay, if I'm gonna plunk down the money for a bottle of this, now I know what I'm getting. Exactly, and that's that can be really, that can be really important. You know, uh, it'd be great if we could do a concept like that with cigars, but unfortunately, you can't just go around light a cigar, take a couple of buffs, and then put it back. Put it back, you know? unless, unless you're that guy that's licking the licking all the sticks in Alan's humidor. Well, uh, <laughs> I love this. Did, did we show this bottle to no, the we camera? We haven't, and it's a it's a really good looking bottle yeah. too. It's a very classy looking bottle. Ian will do that. We'll take a break and be back for our final segment. A few more cigar questions for the uh, Emperor's Cut folks. And uh, one more beer tasting. Every year, the folks at Sierra Nevada Brewing, which they're honestly one of the more consistently good craft breweries in the country. Uh, Even though they are reasonably big for a craft brewery and very well known, you can get their stuff just about anywhere. But every year they do a uh, a Bigfoot release, and Bigfoot is their barley wine style ale. So we have the Bigfoot twenty twenty. It must have just come out. You know out. how I feel about barley yeah. wine. I know, I know. It's it's <laughs> it's a uh, uh, it's a thing for you. And so uh, so we'll be trying that as well, and uh, wrap up the show uh, in just a moment. We're live at the Downing Street Social Club on Virginia in Houston, and we will be right back. It's smoking and toasting number one seventy three. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting, and it's show number one seventy-three, as Ian likes to say, halfway to two hundred. And we are uh, proud to be live from the uh, from the beautiful facilities, and it really is gorgeous, of the Downing Street Social Club uh, on Virginia in Houston. Our sponsor uh, is uh, amazing, and we've talked about the bacon, we've talked about the bar, we've talked about the steaks. These guys know what they are doing. And it's the fine folks at B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, and the other uh, B&B-related establishments, which now includes the Annie Cafe and Bar. They, Cafe Annie was a Houston legend. Yes, it's a legend. And they have reopened. Uh, uh, they call it the Annie Cafe and Bar. They've reopened it in its original location over on Post Oak and have retained the original chef. So that's the way you do it. That's the way you do it. So very well. Uh, yeah. So we got to we got to go over there, Ian, and, and do some uh, uh, do some reconnaissance, as it were. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, research. We like research on the show. We we are proud to be a well researched program. So it shows. Uh, by the way, um, we from time to time have to bring you this because it's part of what we're sworn to do. 
but here we go again is the title of this segment. And that's what we say every time another celebrity launches a craft beer or a spirit of some sort. This time, <laughs> it's former Steelers quarterback and Hall of Famer Terry Bradshaw. He's announcing uh, a new uh, partnership with Silver Screen Bottling Company to create his own bourbon. Uh, it'll feature a blend of cinnamon, baking spices, vanilla, and coconut flavors. And it's bottled at 51.9% ABV, which is the same as Terry Bradshaw's completion rate. Okay, that's, that's, that's creative. That's pretty awesome. That's you creative. Know, I'll give I got to be honest. I want to like it already because it's Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing. And by the way, <laughs> it's, it's going to be about a $40 bottle. So uh, uh, it's uh, distilled in Kentucky, and it'll be 103.8 proof. All right. Wow. Wow. So, well, here's the thing. I, I You know, I've liked... Trey Bradshaw for years, obviously, as a kid, I remember, you know, watching him play. I was, as a kid, I rooted for the Cowboys, so he was always destroying the Cowboys. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, but anyway, uh, I, I've always liked Terry Bradshaw, but I have to say from watching the, the you know, pregame show and stuff that he does, I, I hope he moves on into bourbon and maybe decides to retire from TV because I'm not sure what's going on with him. He's like <laughs> he's like a little out there these days. He's like, like uh, you know, spotting people in the audience and not following the game. And <laughs> I, 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 don't know, I don't know what's going on with Terry. He's like, but, I've done enough football. Yeah, I've got to go drink some bourbon now. So here's hoping that Terry's uh, bourbon will work out. And, you know, there's, there's certainly worse celebs that uh, – that have gotten into the uh, spirits business. So, uh, <laughs> well, Bradshaw. I'll be interested. I'll, I'll buy that to try it just because hey, it's Terry Bradshaw. Hopefully, tried, it's good. We tried the Bob Dylan whiskey. It was uh, actually pretty good. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, so, agreed. Uh, so there's there's a it was of, it was different from the Conor McGregor one. Yes, that one no, not so much. That was a bit, but apparently he can still fight. That so was a bit of a travesty. Yeah. All he's right, got, he's, he's back going for him. Yeah, yeah, he's back. <laughs> so uh, we are. In our final segment here at uh, at Downing Street, and this has just a uh, um, uh, been a real enjoyable uh, 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 time so far. Ian, you you've already uh, lit a second cigar here, so I take it you enjoyed the first one. Yes, the first one was outstanding. I wanted to see how that was going to pair with the barley wine and and, and keep smoking cigars because you know. So right. you've also cigars are good. You've also begun uh, on the barley wine. So I talk have. To me. Um, <coughs> it's Bigfoot Twenty Twenty. It is Bigfoot 2020. Uh, this is an American-style barley wine, mm-hmm. and to my palate, frankly, it's way too much hops. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, the American-style barley wines are a little bit thinner, not quite as uh, chunky. Yeah. I know that's I know that's where you like to go. Uh, but you're finding too much, which probably means this will be my favorite barley wine. Probably. Mm, okay. <laughs> probably. I, I, frankly, uh, it's drinkable, but I wouldn't go past that. Um, like, I want a barley wine to be... I, I guess I like the English-style barley wine so much more than the American-style barley wine because the hops on this is just... It beats up all the other flavors to me. Now, let me ask you this, Ian. If I gave you a cup of this to taste, but I didn't tell you it was a barley wine... Remember we had this discussion another time when... Uh, I don't think I'd, I'd pick this as a barley wine. I don't know. But would you have a different opinion of the beer if, it, if you weren't thinking barley wine... Because I really like it, but it doesn't really say barley wine. See, I don't it. really like it. It's okay. it's I don't like the finish on it. I don't like the uh, the bitter, astringent bitterness going on in the end. But that, again, this is my palate, and 
it, it, this tastes like a dark. <laughs> this tastes like a dark double IPA to me. Like it's yeah, it kind of does. I want a big sweet malty profile when I when I have a barley wine or even a porter or something like right. that. If you didn't tell me this was a barley wine, I think my opinion of the flavor and everything wouldn't change. Right. Um, I don't. I don't think the fact that they're calling it a barley wine is bothering me. I think the fact that it's way too hoppy for my palate right. and a barley wine in the finish. I want big, sweet, um, delicious barley wine, not hoppy, uh, Americanized, bastardized barley wine. I think. Well, <laughs> so, I, so I can tell you, though, as a fan of the hops, uh, this, this hits my palate pretty well. Uh, it doesn't, though tastes like a barley wine to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some elements of that flavor in there. Um, but, you know, when I think barley wine, I think, you know, the dried fruit uh, tastes and the uh, the thicker consistency. So I'm not quite getting barley wine you know, out of this. You know, so are you, guys, are you guys all familiar with barley wine style uh, beers here? I'm not. For those of you who aren't familiar with it, a barley wine generally is uh, a big full-bodied, um, usually sweet, uh, very malty sweet, but you get, like, the flavors that you get are usually dark, fruity flavors. Uh, a lot of times you get, like, raisin, fig date, or raisin fig, yeah. in the background, those kind of things. Um, and this just doesn't do any of that. And I, the more I drink it, the, more, the less I like the aftertaste on it. It leaves a... A weirdness. He has put the cup away, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. I'm done that's with a, that one. That's a, that's a moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like it, but I will say, in maybe a, a first for me, uh, it's a barley wine that doesn't really pair. That it does well not with a cigar pair well and with the cigar. It's because of that hoppiness, I think. Right. We uh, had we've had um, an IPA that went better with the cigar, and then I started the uh, day with the. With the St. Arnold, uh, is that the Citra? The Citradose, yeah. The Citradose IPA. And it goes it goes fine with mm-hmm. the cigar. It's not fighting it much. That one seems to fight it, and it's just left this kind of weird astringent May I aftertaste offer you that a I, suggestion? That I, uh, yeah, please. Uh, if you go back to a little bit of this, it will take that right out See if we can annihilate that. Mm-hmm. Optimus Prime, indeed. It transforms itself into a palate changer. Ka-chung, 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 ka-chung. He's happy again. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Let's see if we can hear it. Maybe. I don't know if that'll come through. I don't know. We like keeping Ian happy, though. That's a that's important. You know, I, I want to like it because it says barley wine, but I'm just not a fan of that one. I like it, but I think I would like it more if I had it when I was I think we've smoking. only had two barley wines that I really didn't like on this show. I think that's right. I think they've both been the and American both style. American yeah, barley and, wines. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, and it's not that I, I dislike all American barley wines, because I've had some that are good. It's just that this is this is so hoppy, it just doesn't even make sense in my See, palate. I would reserve this for uh, dishwashing. And what I mean ah. by that is um, one, of the things, one of the things I do at my house is I wash the dishes. I hate putting them away. My wife puts them away for me, but I, I do the dishwashing. It's one of my you know, accepted uh, 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 chores. So in order to make that even more enjoyable, I generally will have a cold beer or two while I'm doing the dishes. <coughs> and because I'm not smoking at that time, that's when I like the really hoppy beers, the like hoppy the beers. IPAs and stuff that, that might not work with the cigar. So this would be a dishwashing beer for me, right. which sounds like it's a negative, but isn't really. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's uh, 
you know, I, Ian, I like it, but uh, I like it, but I'm not crazy about it. It is nine point six percent, by the way. Well, that's that's a it's a pretty big beer. It doesn't it's, come across like it's it. It says heavy. on here this was uh, package twelve ten nineteen. So it's it's reasonably fresh. Uh, Bigfoot is a beast of a beer, brimming with bold, bittersweet malt flavor, and heaps of whole cone Pacific Northwest hops. Well, there you go. And it's heaps of it because that's really all yeah. I taste. That's that's what you're getting for sure. Well, it's interesting because the Bigfoot is different every year, so it could be the 2021. You may love it. So yeah, because I, I feel like we've had it before. We, and we I had the 2019, it, and you one, liked it. Yes. This one I'm not digging. Well, you know what? Uh, I will uh, still applaud them for doing something that is really different from the the previous years. It's kind of like the Anchor Christmas beer. It's like it's never been as good as it was in 2017, but it's still really good every yeah. year. You know? Well, right. yeah, and I, I kind of like beers that change from from year to year. Not particularly this one. So, well, <laughs> there you go. Uh, we don't like everything apparently. Yeah, uh, we've been accused of liking everything. <laughs> But but we don't we don't like everything. I do really really like uh, the Emperor's Cut Natural Pleasure, and I'll tell you, uh, I'm kind of stoked about trying the Jazz too. Because so that that you know that's going to be right up my alley from a uh, from a strength so standpoint. I'm back to, to that. back to the beginning of the show when I first lit the uh, what was the other size called? It was the Toro? Was your Toro okay? Um, and I had such a friendly initial light. This one has the same quality. Like, there's no harshness on the light. There's no uh, no big punch of any uh, peppery flavors and that's things really like that. Remarkable. That yeah, uh, it really is. Yeah, that says just, you know going back and doing the time because when you increase the ring gauge, you'll change the flavor profile. Yeah, absolutely. It took us a lot of time to make sure we had consistency because our customers will tell us they'll say, hey, you know. When you make sure you do not lose lose the flavor profile, and they'll tell us if they don't like something. I've always thought I'm so fascinated by cigar blending because, as as gifted as a master distiller is, that's still chemistry, right? You know, you're still working with some things that are going to have um, a more exactness to them every time. Right. Sure, there's some things that can change based on right. crops, or whatever. But when you're blending cigars. You know, this year's tobacco, next year's tobacco. It's more like wine. It's like right. it's going to be different all the time. And to be able to blend with consistency, that's why sometimes you'll smoke a cigar that comes out. You'll be like, man, this is terrific. And two, three years later, you have another one, and it's like not it. as good as you remember. Right. Uh, because I think it's it's really hard to find that consistency in in uh, in the blending. It is. Think, of, think about hand-rolled that what people like. That's the variability in the cigar because those are individuals putting all of those leaves together and they can miss just a little piece of Lajero or Seiko and next thing you know, the cigar has a different flavor profile. Absolutely. When Ian and I were in Honduras at the uh, Aladino uh, family's farm, one of the things they did is we were touring the, you know, the curing barns and, and going through how they process and grow the tobacco is they had one of their guys come and take a cigar that we were smoking and wrap a different wrapper leaf around it from one of the bars. And it was fascinating getting to, to, to notice how much it changed the flavor just from adding a different wrapper leaf than what was already in the cigar blend. And I just, listen, I'm, I'm fascinated by 
the whole concept of blending cigars, but maybe it's because I just love to be sitting there going, okay, try this one, try this one. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's, that's spot on. Yeah. And one of the things that, that we do, and Darnell stresses, is to try it when we're, when we're changing the ring gauge, like he was saying. Mm-hmm. You've got, we had to reject several of them, of the batches, because they just they didn't have that same consistency. It's all about position and portion. Right. And when you can get that right, you know, you've got you've got something. Yeah. Well a different ring gauge has got more tobacco in it. Right. So how do you keep that you know proportionally the that? Same, you know? Yeah. And it's also gonna smoke different. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fan actually of not the tinier ring gauges, but smaller. I love, you know, forty six or so. Yes. That's that's my real sort of like yeah. sweet spot because I feel like it's some of my favorite cigars, that's where they found their perfect blend. Absolutely. Uh, when you go to the larger ring gauges, I'm always impressed when you can find a really great blend in, in a uh, larger ring gauge. I would think it'd be the, the opposite. I would think it'd be easier when there's more tobacco in, in the cigar. You know, right. I mentioned but earlier on sure the show that, that I do like uh, bigger cigars in general. I have no problems picking up a 60 even up to a 70 ring gauge cigar like that doesn't that doesn't intimidate me at all but it is true that there are certain ones that really work and some don't and that's that's just got to be some kind of blending masterpiece you know well and you know you were talking about your did you call it the shorty is that what you called yes the short to me that would be the hardest one to blend that would be my guess it is a little bit hard to blend but again like timmy said we sample all of our products here's another thing we do we have kind of like a consortium of customers we send batches to our customers and we just say smoke them and we take their feedback and we take it to heart we called one of our customers while we were blending cigars and said we're missing something tell me exactly what you like about the cigar and we had the whole team around and they heard them on speakerphone and we said thank you we'll call you back and we went back and blended more cigars and we got a little bit closer to where we needed to be wow Right. While we were in the factory yeah. blending, right. um, trying to get that flavor profile just right. Well, I congratulations because with this line, I mean, I, I feel like you've really nailed it. No, and it's a uh, it, it's quite a feat. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's I not appre- an easy thing to do. Yeah. I so, appreciate it. One of the, I'm sorry. One of the things I wanted to bring up is that you know part <laughs> of our success that I didn't say in the last segment is that our partnerships and Terry has been gracious to partnership with us. When we were talking about the women's cigar, and I'll let Terry talk about, uh, we partnership on a calendar to talk about women, and I'll let Terry talk about that. Well, first I want to tell you about your cigar. If you notice, I'm on the bottom third. Oh, see, it's a finger burner. That's that's mm-hmm. when you know it's good. That's when you know it's good. Yep. Yep. So a lot of people smoke cigars, top, oh, it's great, and they put it out. It's an insult when they got half a cigar, a third of oh, cigar so left. put it out right about you, here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You can go to the bottom on a cigar. That's all the great. way through. The flavor goes all the way through, even burn, not the burn at the end of it like you do with some cheap cigars. That's when you know you got a winner. Yeah. So he, he this cigar goes all the way through. And uh, so that's one thing for Empress Cut. And also, I'd like to say that out of the 500 or so different brands that we have within the shop, uh, Darnell's cigar is in the top 10. So that it's not awesome. just, yeah, that's here awesome. and at Presidential Cigars. So, it's not just because we have a relationship with Darnell. He's a top seller. He's a that's top seller. Awesome. Yeah. So well, that's, that's good. He, it, he's not doing you favors here. No. He's, uh, 
he gave you a chance and you yes. like stepped up and hit it out of the park. Absolutely. And he's got a high bar and he's always trying to figure out ways to improve in the cigar industry. And he even came up with a concept of the women's calendar. Terry, tell him so, about so, that. So this women's calendar is the one thing I said about Darnell earlier is that he has a, uh, a following. Mm-hmm. He is a African-American company. Well, he's a company who sells, has cigars, who happens to be African-American. But everyone loves a cigar, no matter what. Right. That's the way I am with the lounge, right? I didn't go out to build the best African-American lounge. I went out to build the best lounge. Right. You walk into Presidential Cigars, where you did a podcast before, and it shows the competition. It's the competition all over the world. Best places that we've seen in Belgium, in mm-hmm. Holland, in right. Switzerland, right? right? All over the world because we haven't seen lounges like this in the state of Texas or in America, right? And we want to be the best period and not just the best African-American lounge or the best African-American cigar. So when we talked about this uh, calendar, we got together because we have the same type of vision. And we said, you know, women are smoking cigars. Let's, let's, Let's do a tribute to these women. Not a tribute that, and it's not about sales. It's about awareness. Yes. That right. women have arrived, they're smoking cigars, and we appreciate their business. So if we wanted something about sales, we'd be like the Sports Illustrated version, right? Right. Hot right. women with <laughs> bikinis on right, right. and things like that. We're, we're not like that. If you, if you look at this cigar that we partnered on, this, this uh, calendar that we partner on, these are, this is the room here. If you can see that. These are women. Yeah. Now, and, and they are hot. Don't pictures. get me wrong. They yeah. are yeah. hot. Well, Adam okay. put some on the camera yeah. already. Okay. And, and, I, and I just want to say this, too. And, I, and I, it's, it's a delicate thing to say in today's day and age. But I'm just going to say it, and then you guys can beat me up if you want to. I think women smoking cigars is super sexy. Absolutely. I do, too. It's hot. I don't yes. mean that in, in any, any kind of a non-empowering sort of way. I just, as a guy, if I see a woman smoking a cigar, I'm like, that's awesome. That's, that's beautiful. It's wonderful. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's power. Yes. Right. And so we, 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 did this different, we did this calendar for awareness. Right. And this calendar, it has some people, some women all over America, right, who are lawyers, who are top executives of companies. Yeah. Who own their own companies. Yeah. And what I appreciate about Darnell is that people will take that. It's okay. It's a women's cigar. No. It's for everyone. I appreciate the fact that women love us too, and they're not smoking the mild Connecticut's. Right. They're smoking right. a medium cigar. Right. Yes, that's right. They yeah. are love cigar that. enthusiasts. Correct. Right. And right. they it's like not- to have nice things and come to Five Central, right. our presidential cigars, to partake. If you will. Yes, absolutely. And it's you know I th- I think it's a wonderful thing. I think we we uh, in the cigar industry, if you will. I think we're making inroads that other uh, industries should look at and go, yeah, we need to do that too. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, think we're, I think we're ahead of the curve, and I exactly. like that. I absolutely The do. beauty of this is that look at what we're doing. We could do this every day, and in a small microcosm, it's happening every day. Yeah. And when we finish this podcast, this lounge is going to be full of the same type of people that are sitting here smoking, and where you may not meet each other in the industry, you'll come together at uh, Downing Street Lounge and share just like, uh, uh, you know, like we were saying earlier, you know, you got a guy that might be owning a company. I mean, you have a guy, he's just a regular worker, but they will meet in the cigar lounge and be on an even keel. 
That's, right. that, that's what I like about it so much, right? It's a, it's a wonderful so, thing. You know, last night we had a little event here, and I saw a couple here, a couple here, a couple here, and it's not just the 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 man, the male smoking a cigar. Right. His wife is saying to him, a girlfriend, go get me this particular brand. Love it. And the particular brand doesn't happen to be a mild Connecticut. Correct. I love it. She knows her stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, my wife uh, has gotten into smoking cigars, um, you know, just due to being around me and and the events we do and stuff like that. And she likes smaller cigars and she likes the milder cigars. But she usually keeps a tin of cigars in her purse when we go out. And other women will see her smoking a cigar and they always stop and ask and she lays a cigar on them. Like, all the time, she keeps a, a tin of small cigars. Here, try this. Try this, you know. And she'll get the whole crowd out there, you know. And she's super generous with it. She might get one out of a tin of ten, you know. Right. And she'll just, you know, spread that's, it around. That's how we started. You know, I used to grab a bag of cigars and just share them with other women. Um, and then just kind of, that was our that was our peace offering. You know, just the, you know, and and I I remember growing up, and that was like the peace pipe. It was the community. It was the the point in time when you were able to just um, kind of pull out, put all our differences aside, and and just enjoy something. And we come together, especially as as women cigar enthusiasts, and just enjoy each other. Um, we we formed a group, and we formed um, a. Um, the whole awareness piece of it out of just coming together over cigars. That's awesome. awesome. Well, guys, this has been a really fun show. Thank you. Uh, Darnell, congratulations on uh, the the quality of your brand and uh, on on your, you know, launching it, being able to get it to the place where you're getting it, where you've got it so far. And uh, I think think we're going to be hearing a lot about Emperor's Cut for a long time. And I'll tell you, that's a that's a pretty big deal because if you think about most of the brands that we hear a lot about, they're brands that are you know not necessarily headquartered in the United States. Correct. So it's Absolutely. a pretty cool uh, right. it's a pretty cool thing for us to be you know waving a flag about. Let me tell you about a great American cigar company. Right. And that's uh, and Absolutely. that's that's a good and a, and a wonderful thing. Um, thank you so much for letting us uh, uh, do the show here in your Welcome. amazing establishment. We love it. And uh, want to say also thanks to Adam on the Wheels of Steel. Thanks, Adam. For keeping us rolling. Way to go, Adam. Uh, Emperor's Cut Cigars. Look for them. It's the big EC on the label. All it's right. not hard to find. And uh, I'm, I really am excited about the jazz. I'm going to keep, be, yeah. keep my we'll eyes We'll make sure you guys out. get some. And don't leave me out of your research as you move forward. Uh, and and <laughs> by the same token, by the way, if you've, got, if you've got one of those bundles of cigars and you need somebody to report back on them for you uh, absolutely you know where ian and i live that's be, all i'm saying be careful what you ask for because timmy will have you on the list yes i will and then you'll be saying your- i'm smoked out leave me alone <laughs> well guys thank you very much for being a part of the show and thank you. as i you. mentioned before the show you will all be invited to episode number 200 so we'll all be right. communicating with you about that and of course next time you've got uh, you know, once the jazz comes uh, comes out, we should do this again. And, uh, and thank yeah. you so much. And, and talk about it. So, uh, so to everyone watching and listening, thank you so much for supporting Smoking and Toasting as we uh, climb our way towards episode number two hundred. <laughs>